I don't know how many of you have ever been working a job and your legs just hurt so bad. Or if you're walking through the mall or Walmart and you feel like, you know, you're like you're a marionette, like your your legs and your feet are just hanging together with safety pins. Well, I think we have an interesting guest today. We are talking with Dr. Kevin McCann. He is a foot and ankle surgeon, a podiatrist um, with St. Cloud Orthopedics. Uh, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? morning, Kelly. I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. I always think it's interesting to find out when doctors decide what they're going to specialize in, why they pick a certain thing. So we're going to ask you that after a little bit. But first of all, let's just talk a little bit about you in general. I know you specialize in foot and ankle care. Can you talk uh, to us a little bit about how long you've been with St. Cloud Orthopedics? Yeah, so I've been at St. Cloud Orthopedics since 2012. That's nine years. I mean, it seems like a long time. Um, uh, Let's see, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Uh, and my dad grew up in St. Cloud a long time ago. So oh, that's I, I great. Kind of an older generation around somewhere. <laughs> right. So when you, did you like ha- have relatives and stuff here then? Well, even though you lived in Wisconsin all those years, did you visit St. Cloud? I don't think there's anybody, I don't think there's anybody left. Yeah. Uh, but I do run into some people time to time that, that know, know the family. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you must like it here because you've been here for quite a long time. So we're glad that you decided to stay with us here in St. Cloud. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, feet and ankles, right? We use them every day, all day long. Some of us have to sit down all day at our job. Some people are standing on their feet all the time. What are some of the things that you see with orthopedic care and, and what is involved in what you do? Yeah, so I, I, everything everything that I do is specific to the foot and the ankle. Um, and they are incredibly complex structures. I mean, each one has 26 different bones and an equal number of joints uh, connected with ligaments and tendons. And the weight-bearing forces that they carry are incredible. It, it can easily be four to five times body weight at normal walking speed. Uh, hmm. so w- when things go wrong, uh, I mean, uh, feet can be incredibly disabling when they're not working correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see everything uh, from, from plantar warts to ingrown toenails or broken bones and, and bunions to, to ankle joint replacements. Um, uh, so we really, really treat the, the whole foot and ankle. Okay. So what are some of the common reasons people are seen for foot and ankle care. You know, you know how people are, especially as of Midwesterners, you know, oh, that's just the way it is. So I'm just going to live this way. And then it gets to a point where they just can't take it anymore. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the most common complaint is just general foot pain. Uh, and, and then it's up to us to, to diagnose that, um, right. you know, working together with the patient to figure out what's causing it. It could be, it could be a bunion, a stress injury. Uh, it could be a shoe that's not fitting correctly. Um, or or some mechanical problem that's just not not working appropriately. So when when they come to see you, I think a lot of times too, people are afraid that the only answer that you're going to give them when they get there is, oh, we're doing surgery, boom, 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 and that's just not the way it is. Yeah. So I'm I'm a board certified foot and ankle surgeon, and you know, of course, that is that is an option, and sometimes the only option. Um, but treatment really needs to be individualized for each person, and everybody has different goals about what they need. Um, and it's important to figure out, you know, what the patient's goals are and how to best meet them. I mean, that, and that can be the, you know, the range of treatments. It's important for people to understand the different treatments that are available uh, and then to choose the most appropriate way to navigate those. Well, can we talk a little bit about various treatment options and what, like, a road to recovery would look like for each of those paths that you might choose? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, sometimes you know, treatment's easy as uh, changing the way you walk uh, with an orthotic insert or a temporary brace or physical therapy. Uh, sometimes it's important to hold things still, and you really need a, a cast and crutches even to, to hold that bone still. 
sometimes the answer is adjusting a medication or even surgery to repair the part that's not working correctly. Um, so it's important to discuss all these things uh, with, with the patient individually and find a plan that meets their goal. I guess I'm assuming that a physical therapy might be something that's just ongoing, like you always want to wear maybe something in your shoe to make sure it stays a certain way, or versus when you have surgery, I'm sure there's probably some downtime with possibly some physical therapy involved. Yeah, uh, therapy can be certainly important for feet and ankles. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of treatments do involve immobilizing the ankle, be it a, a cast or a brace or uh, you know, recovering from surgery. You don't have that strength right away. And yeah. therapy can certainly accelerate that. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough here to have therapists in the building that we work with very closely. Um, and, and I talk with my therapist every day. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm thinking about, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about some of the things that I've had happen with with my 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 legs you know like if i'm like i was mentioning earlier when i'm walking through the mall sometimes or here when i get up and i walk from studio to studio sometimes i feel like the bottom part of my leg is held together with a like with the safety pin like wow this feels like it's loose like it's gonna fall apart and then it's fine (laughs) um and other times though like when i have had times where i've worked out a lot or done a lot of walking running i have had plantar fasciitis and i thought it would never go away um, and then, but recently, um, kind of stopped doing some of the things I was doing because of the COVID nineteen. I had to kind of reimagine what I wanted to do, and I don't have that issue anymore. But can you talk a little bit about what plantar fasciitis does? Because I think a lot of people have that. It's pretty common. Yeah, that's a very common thing, um, and I've I've had this myself. It it can be debilitating uh, at times. Yeah, so the plantar the plantar fascia. It's it's a band of tissue that runs along the bottom of your foot, and it's it's from the heel to the toes, and it's usually under the heel where this hurts. And the the itis and fasciitis is inflammation. Uh, this tissue becomes inflamed, and it has a difficult time healing. Uh, so most of the time, your your symptoms are going to be pain under the heel. Uh, it can be when first getting out of bed in the morning or standing up after sitting for a period of time, and it can be sore and achy towards the end of the day. Yeah, um, but it's it's an inflammation of that fascia. Now that is something that I I did try to do some physical therapy with, but I feel like I just was re-injuring all the time, and it just didn't finally go. I finally just had to give it a break, and I'm like, one day I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not having to limp out of bed anymore. So I, maybe I just needed to rest the tissue. Is that something that um, you ever can have so bad that surgery is required for it? It is, but surgery is more rare for that. Um, I'd say it's only three to five percent of people with plantar fasciitis end up going to surgery. Um, most of the conservative treatments are effective. Okay, but plantar fasciitis can be debilitating, as you said, and it is something that they should at least get in and get some physical therapy for, or find out how to make it stop. Yeah, yeah, PT can help, and this is definitely a treatable condition. Okay, can we talk about runners a little bit? I'm assuming that there's a lot of people running. Uh, and doing things a little bit different than they were before this whole COVID-19 thing. Do you work a lot with runners? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, COVID has pushed a lot of people outside. It's a, it's a sport and, and an exercise that you can do and be physically distanced. Um, and running is great. And let me tell you, September, October in Minnesota, there's no better time to go outside yeah. and run. It's beautiful outside. <laughs> um, it, you know, running, especially if you're starting a new running program, it's it's very important to work in gradually. I mean, you're not you're not going to get the health benefits in one or two weeks. This is a long-term exercise plan. Uh, so start small. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of couch to 5K apps that work very well uh, in keeping you on track. And, and you, once you're running, you don't want to increase mileage more than 10% per week at the maximum. Okay. Is there a way you should prepare? I mean, runners probably know and they probably do some kind of stretching, but I always hear things like, hey, 
don't don't just stretch before you run. You got to be warmed up before you do any stretching. How do you feel about that? Yeah, proper warm up is essential to preventing overuse injuries. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yep. So is that something like you know you you need to like just do some yoga, some light stuff, and then stretch? Before, I mean, because some people just want to stretch. Like, oh, I'm going to go for a run, and they start doing stretches. And there's some people that say that that's absolutely not the way you should do it. Nope. There's both static and dynamic warm up. <clears throat> it's important to you know stretch. Uh, gently for five to ten minutes to get the muscles worked out and stretched out. Uh, it's important to walk briskly for a while just to get your heart rate up uh, and get the body tissues warm before you get into that heavy impact activity. Okay. Now, something that, that can be more serious, and I'm sure you see this too, and it, and it probably can be heartbreaking at times because it is something that can be avoided for some people, and I've had people very close to me that have had um, diabetes and had serious problems uh, with their feet. So for feet and legs in general, diabetics, uh, they have special concern in those areas. So what does the foot and ankle team at St. Cloud Orthopedics do to help those people that have diabetes? Yeah, so diabetes isn't, it's not just a disorder of the pancreas, but it often affects the circulatory system and especially the nervous system. Uh, now, the feet are as far away as you can get from the brain and the spinal cord. This is where the longest, tiniest nerves in the body are located. And these are the ones that are affected by diabetes. So okay. when, when nerves don't work correctly, uh, they send mixed signals. And this can be things that are, that are painful. Uh, you can have nerve pain uh, or they don't transmit any signals. And you can have frank numbness to the feet. And that, that sounds great. Your feet will never hurt. But we say that, that diabetes can remove the gift of pain, um, oh. where if you don't feel things, they can become dangerous very quickly. Something like a blister or a stress fracture or even a pebble in your shoe, those things can be very dangerous if you're not aware of them. Right. So, so far, far and away, the, the best treatment for, for diabetics is preventative foot care. Um, just being aware of where your risk is and what needs to be looked after and what needs to be addressed. Yeah, that can be as simple as, as a one-time visit or ongoing preventative care, but that's, that's the mainstay of treatment. Yeah, you know, and I was going to say, if you know someone that has been in that situation, you would probably go, yep, I am, if that happens to me, I'm going to make sure that I get on track because it, yeah. it can be. Yeah, there's no question to be on top of it. Yeah. Let's talk about physical therapy a little bit. Um, does that play a role in regaining full motion for feet and ankles? Can that help? Absolutely. Um, you know, this can be sports therapy um, just to get uh, better at your sport. It can be recovering from injury uh, or even after surgery. And, and the first thing we do is, is decide, you know, are you going to need or are you going to benefit from therapy? Because not everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if it is beneficial, you know, we work closely with the therapist to come up with a treatment plan. I can supervise that uh, very closely and get feedback from the therapist directly. Okay, that's nice. And you get, you guys have like everything in-house, right? If people come there, we've, you've got surgeons, physical therapy, and people to help right there. Yep, we've got therapy, mm -hmm. uh, both operative and non-operative treatment, uh, and, and every orthopedic specialty under, under one roof. I have a question about some, it's called OrthoDirect. Can you tell me what OrthoDirect means? Yeah, so OrthoDirect is it's our orth orthopedic urgent care clinic. Um, now, you know, if you're injured, it, it, it's very frustrating. You, it's never going to be at a convenient time, and you want to get back to normal as soon as possible. Uh, so if you twist your ankle or stub your toe in furniture, you know, OrthoDirect, it's the fastest way to get expert care. Um, okay. We have walk-in appointments. Uh, it's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So this is not waiting for a referral. You're not, you know, stabilizing the injury and waiting for a specialist appointment. Uh, you're starting your treatment plan right away, and that can be really beneficial to, to getting to recovery faster. Okay. So if I'm running along and I'm, uh, oops, I look away and I step in a crack and I feel like I have twisted my ankle and it's swelling up, I could come to OrthoDirect and get help right away. 
Yeah, I mean, phone number is 320-257-STAT, S-T-A-T, and we'll get you in the same day. I hope that I just didn't, like, speak that into existence or anything, but I don't want that to happen, but I just want to make sure that's that would be a situation where we could go there. Absolutely. Okay. Can you tell me what is maybe one of your more memorable experiences as a pediatric surgeon? Oh, Kelly, this, I is, said the, this word. is the absolute best part of my job, yeah. uh, just being able to see that my skill in, in some way made a difference for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just, just the act of walking, if you, if you take that for granted, if, if you can't walk, it can be incredibly disabling. Um, I once had a patient who I remember, uh, he was the same age as me, born in the same month, and he, he couldn't walk because of a war injury. Uh, so he, he'd already had several surgeries and infection and, and been recommended for a leg amputation, but he was too stubborn to have this done. Um, and and we, we searched the medical journals for this guy, and we came up with a plan, and it involved an uncommon type of bone graft. Uh, but it, it took almost two years to fully heal. But today this, this gentleman's able to walk around, and he has a brace, but he has a job and a family, and uh, he lives here, and I'm so happy for this guy. Oh, that is a great story. And, the, and but, you know, when somebody wants something, you guys will do everything you can to, to find a plan that works for him. Yeah, and that's a unique example. I'm I'm even happy every time I fix an ingrown toenail. And if you've ever had an ingrown toenail, you know Ooh. how much of a difference that can make. Yes, lots of pain. Seems like every doctor has their list of uh, preventative tips. So for you, after seeing all the patients that you've seen throughout the years, you must have a best list advice for, for keeping your feet and ankles healthy. Yes, I mean, far and away, uh, you know, Proper diet and regular exercise is going to keep your feet in the best condition. Um, if, if you're very sedentary, you're not using your feet, um, they're going to give you trouble uh, when you put more demand on them. So, you know, regular exercise is important. Um, it, far and away, uh, wearing good shoes can make a big difference. If you expect to be on your feet for any length of time, be it for work or if you're working at home or on hard surfaces, you need a good pair of shoes. A lot of people underestimate um, what a good pair of shoes will do for your feet. I think a lot of people underestimate how to find a good pair of shoes. They don't really know. Like you've you've always had like the ten dollar pair of shoes, and you're like, I don't know. I guess they feel okay. Yep, yep. And there's there's supportive shoes, and then there's fashionable shoes, and sometimes they overlap, and sometimes they don't. Um, but there are, are several stores in town that definitely can fit your feet uh, for a good pair of shoes. Okay, good idea. What about sleep? Does sleep affect your feet? <laughs> Sleep can. You know, it the can. body repairs itself when you're sleeping, and it's important to get that sleep uh, every night. If you're, if you're chronically tired, you're, you're not able to heal as quickly. You're not able to recover as quickly from injuries. Okay. Oh, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, and we don't always want to, but we, we do have to talk about this now, that in COVID-19 uh, innovations and uh, other clinic news that you guys have going on right now. Yeah, so with the COVID pandemic, we've we've definitely learned many things, and and one of those being that a, a certain amount of healthcare is just essential to continue. Um, you you, yeah. you can't stop getting injured. You, you can't stop providing that healthcare. Um, so our clinics are are fully 100% open. We monitor this uh, every day, uh, and you know we have uh, safety measures in place. Um, there's plenty of hand sanitizer. We're physically distancing people. You can check in mobily and, and wait for your appointment in the car, so you come right back to the treatment room. Um, and, and really, really avoid mass groups of people. I think we're doing that pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that that's a struggle for everyone, and, and no one likes it. But we're we're doing the right thing. You guys have um, something happening on the evening of September fifteenth for with primary health care professionals. Yeah, so we have an event coming up. Uh, this is September fifteenth, and this might not be geared to the general public. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a continuing education event for other healthcare professionals in okay. the area. 
Um, this can be uh, physician assistants or nurse practitioners or primary care uh, or other doctors. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, all doctors have to do continuing education, and this is something that we can do uh, locally. This is actually the second year we've done it. Unfortunately, it has to be online this year, uh, but you can get up to four CME credits uh, with our online musculoskeletal conference. We have some experts talking about uh, plenty, plenty of areas of musculoskeletal uh, injury and, and surgery. If you're just joining us, we're here with uh, Dr. Kevin McCann. He's a foot and ankle surgeon. He's a podiatrist with uh, St. Cloud Orthopedics here. And, you know, I'm, we've got just a few minutes left, but I always like to ask because there's people listening that go, you know, things cross your mind. How long does it take to just become a doctor and then on top of it decide that you want to be a specialist and a surgeon like for, for foot and ankles? How did you decide upon that? Yeah, so I think it's incredibly interesting you know, what the foot can do, and I'm attracted to the mechanics of how things work together. That can be one of the challenges as well. Um, but it, uh, see, my school was four years of undergrad, and I actually went to UMD in Duluth mm-hmm. um, before going to a psychiatry school in Des Moines, Iowa, for another four years. Um, and then resident training was uh, three years, uh, and that was out in Seattle. And I did you know additional work in San Francisco and even in Italy. It's it's a long road, uh, yeah. but again, being able to help people, I, I I certainly enjoy that. Yeah, you knew what you you knew that you wanted to do it. Obviously, if you if you're doing something that you enjoy, when I went to college, it was only four years, but I loved it. I loved everything that I was doing. Yes, yeah, and and uh, you know, I, I have the confidence that that I can I can help people where they need it, and it's it's fantastic. Well, it has to. You have to have a certain level of confidence to be a surgeon. I mean, you're there, and you might uh, have a surgery happening, and uh, come across something that maybe was unexpected that maybe, uh, I don't know, with all the different things that you check with scans and things like that, maybe something wasn't caught, and now you've got to make a last-minute decision on what you should do differently. Yeah, absolutely. Decision-making is, is probably the biggest part of, of my job, and that can be uh, sometimes urgent decisions. Um, yeah. But that's that's where all the schooling prepares you to really do, do a good job uh, and to, to uphold a good standard of care. You know what the rest of us should be doing right now is going, you know what, uh, to, to be able to tolerate wearing masks all the time, let's just pretend that we're surgeons because they have to wear masks when they're working all the time. So this is probably not that big of a deal to you to have to wear a mask here and there and everywhere. That's nothing That's nothing new. We wore it for, for years and years, and it's, it's just different being in public, but it, it works all the same. It works the same. Uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Now, if people um, are having some issues with their, with their feet, with their ankles, they don't have to have a doctor recommend them to come see you, correct? Can they just go to St. Cloud Orthopedics and say, I would like to see someone get an opinion on what you guys think and how you can help me? Yeah, you generally don't need a referral. You know, we're, we're happy to see everybody and, and we'll work with uh, different insurance plans to, to figure out what's, what's necessary for approval and whatnot. But no, most people don't need a referral. Okay. Now, if they want to contact you, do they call? Should they go online? Do you, do you make appointments online? Yeah, appointments are, are by phone or online. Uh, okay. Appointments are, are 320-259-4100 is our telephone number uh, or online at stcloudorthopedics.com. And your ortho direct, which is your urgent care, uh, what are the hours of that? Is it always open? It's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, and, and the phone number is 320-257-STAT. And that's that same day. That's right away appointments. All right. Dr. McCann, anything else you'd like to leave us with today? I don't think so. Kelly, I hope your listeners learned something today. I think they did. I did. I think it's great. And I really appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, It's been a pleasure. All right. Dr. Kevin McCann, foot and ankle surgeon, podiatrist at our St. Cloud Orthopedic. Right here in St. Cloud, everything under one roof. If you don't want to 
have to have your doctor give you a second opinion. You want to know straight from some other doctors of what they think would be the best uh, plan of action for you. Hey, that's a great place to go. They can do pretty much everything under one roof. 